it landed on somebody, it landed on the whole nation of Egypt, and boils came out of that. So it was a, it was a God that was making fun or destroying what their God, what they thought they could do. They thought that they had gods of healings, and they couldn't be healed from these things. So God was just showing them over and over as he shows us these things. The fiery hell. I, I've never seen hell with fire in it. Now, it doesn't hell in Egypt. It just doesn't. In fact, they only get rain, about two inches of rain a year. It's always sunshiny in Egypt. So all this, the hail and the rain and all that was another way of saying your God over the atmosphere has no control over God, over the true God. Locust, same thing. Darkness. Now, Egypt, Pharaoh was a, was a man, he thought, every Pharaoh, they considered he was incarnated back from Ra, the sun god. Ra, how do you pronounce that? The sun god. So darkness came up on the earth for three days. And it was complete darkness, no moon, no sun. And that was just destroying what they all thought was true. Because the God that they, they believed, Ra, and their Pharaoh could not do anything about it. They were completely helpless. And so as I, as I look to the plagues, and I, I, and I, just, I asked the Lord just to, to bring these together. And one of the things I thought, because we are separated... That every time we see these things, or they were seeing these things, one of the, the two things I thought they were doing that God was trying to do was build confidence and trust in his people. That they could see that these things, that all these things are taking place, and the darkness happened through everybody, but all the rest of the things they saw take place, they were separate from that. And they, that God would say, look, I am with you, but you've got to look at all these things. You've got to look at who I am, the nature of who I am, and trust me. And if you'll watch me, I'll build confidence in your heart, and then you have a choice to either take that confidence and trust me with every aspect of your life or not. Now, Pharaoh and the rest of Egypt, they decided to go the other way. And, and that's why we're the outsiders, because we trust God. Now, most of the world doesn't trust God. Everybody understand that? I mean, you, you go into a place today and start talking about God or Jesus or whatever, you'll get to some people that want to mingle and talk with you, but the rest of you walk in, they have guys a Bible thumper. You know, we're the outsiders. And so I want to look at it in, in the form today of confidence and trust. <sighs> but first I want, to, I want to thank the VBS. Michelle Pro and uh, Jessica and Jenny did a great job. This church has been transformed, what, twice this week? Three, two, three times this week? If, if you hadn't wasn't here during the week, you would have walked in and it didn't look like this at all. There was stuff everywhere. VBS stuff was hanging from the ceilings and the hallways, the classrooms. Uh, there was a lot of good people, did a lot of wonderful things. I think they were, what were you averaging, 40, 45 kids a night, something like that? It was a pretty packed house. It was just a wonderful time. And then we had a wedding. Tommy and uh, Melissa got married yesterday, but we had a rehearsal Friday night, so the church had to be cleaned up and everything out. And we had some people around here just worked overtime to get all that ready. And then I was here last night, so I don't know how, how long I was here last night. Maybe, I don't remember what time I left. But it was a mess when I left. Uh, and I come in here this morning, early this morning, and, and Ashley and then Robin Pike and whoever else did an excellent job. I just want to commend you on that. Thank you for, for what you did. Also, Jacqueline... Jacqueline, her husband's Eric's and a captain of the military, and he's gone right now, but she lost her grandfather last night, too, so we'll be praying for her and her family. Uh, let's, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, I thank you for, I thank you that I can know you, that I can know your nature, that I can know exactly who you are. 
I thank you for the joy and the love of, of who you are. Lord, I thank you that I am an outsider, that I'm not, I don't fit into this world. My home is not here, it's in heaven. And so, Lord, I, I ask you, Father, this morning that we open up our hearts, that you open up our hearts and our minds just to take in, that we might understand if, if, if we have confidence in you, our trust in you is wonderful. We praise you, Lord, and it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. I was at a meeting once several years ago with a bunch of pastors, and um, I don't know how, how my name even got brought up. I don't remember the details or anything. But I remember this one pastor was talking, and he, was, and he pointed over to me, and he says, he said, now Paul over there, he says, he's real comfortable in his own skin. And I thought about that for a long time. I tried, what does that really mean? And as I pondered that and thought about that, and I listened to the body rest, he said, it was that I had confidence. I had confidence in my life of who God was in my life. He was giving me a compliment. I wasn't really sure at the time. I wasn't sure what he was talking about. But then as I, as I listened to him, I understood. He was saying that I'm confident in God. I'm confident in God's abilities in my life. And not only am I confident, I trust him. And so that, that has stayed with me for years. Uh, it, I just, I, you know, as I, th I think back on that, at that day and all these pastors sitting around, and it was just a wonderful thing what was said, and, and I, I truly was blessed over it. If, is, if I'm looking at confidence and I'm looking at trust and I'm looking at the plagues and I'm looking at all of God's word, if I watch God work, if I really truly figure out who God is, and I'm telling you, a lot of people are trying to figure out who God is or how God interacts in your life. I mean, people, especially in this stage when people don't understand the word of God. So as, as we learn, and one of the things we were taught in BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, is the attributes of God. And they, they, an, an attribute is something about a nature of somebody or something what, what, what stands out about that, that person, our God. And, and in BSF, all the years I spent in there and, and learned, that was one of the things, and you BSFers know this, that was one of the things they just kind of pounded on you, especially in leadership, was pounded on you, was to learn the attributes of God. And in every, in every phrase of the Bible or whatever, they would always say, what was the attributes? And those attributes are the things that we hang on to. And attributes of God is his love, is his grace, it's his power. If God's word is not applicable to my life, now listen, if God's word is not applicable to my life, now that's why the, it's so important not just to read the Bible, but to study the Bible. Because anybody can read the Bible, and that's a wonderful thing. How will it control my life? If it's not applicable to my life, how does it control my life? So if I look at the plagues and I say, well, that was, that was thousands and thousands of years ago, how does, that, how does that help me? But if I look at it and say, well, if I follow that and I follow these people, maybe I can build some confidence and then trust God. No matter what the circumstances are in my life, I can trust God through it. Now, these people, they would go on and they would struggle and struggle and struggle. And we could look back and say, I can't believe they did that as we go out and do whatever we want to do. So we can't just look at them and say, well, I would never have done that because we do. If God's word is not applicable to my life, how will it control my life? So it's got to be applicable to my life. And I learned that at BSF over the many years. It was, it's applicable to me. And the only way it can be applicable to me is it comes alive to me. And my name goes on those pages. And that's how I, I would love for you to study the Word of God. Not just read it, but have it come alive. And if it's not coming alive, well, then dig a little deeper. Stay there. 
And say, God, how does this, how does this phrase, how do these plagues, how do they help me? And if we can look at those last plagues and say, by building confidence and trust, if I look at what God has done in the past and he does not change and he will not change because some, a God that is perfect like our Father does not need to change. So I know he's still working in these ways. Reading God's word is wonderful, but it becomes powerful only when applied. Everybody say, only when applied. Only when applied. Amen. It's got to apply to your life. It's got to, to come right into your heart and apply to your life. And as you go through the word of God, as you watch God and his nature and all about him, he becomes who he is. He becomes a, the creator of all things, the God of love. And he becomes applicable to my life. Does that make sense? Now, I believe what he was showing as, as he was separating his people was he was showing them who he is. He was showing Egypt who he is. And I'll show you in the scripture today. He was showing them who he is. Now, you have circumstances in your life, and you say, well, I don't like these circumstances. But I'm telling you, if you let God show who he is in your life, these circumstances are still going to come up, but at least you can deal with them instead of running off like, like some wild dog. The Hebrews of that day and Christ church today are the outsiders, watching the, our Lord working out his plans through the process and for a purpose. Amen? He's got a plan. Everybody agrees he's got a plan for your life. I mean, everybody, usually, every Christian usually agrees to that. And the, the thing is, we're trying to figure out the plan. And then that plan is a process, and that plan can change. And I, I love this plan, process, and purpose. I've been on it since, day, since the first time we started this, because this is God. His, he has wonderful plans for our lives. And the process of those plans take place through our life. He wants you to learn the word of God so you can understand it and have confidence and trust in God. Now, if you want to go and be, if you want to go and be, you've got to go and be with confidence and trust. Amen? You're not, you're not going to go. You've got to have the confidence in God. And then for you to have confidence in God, you've got to know God. There's a building blocks. Watching our Lord working out his plans through a process and for a purpose. In Exodus 9, 4 and 5, that says 10 and 11. Exodus 9, 4 and 5. That's not right. Exodus 9, chapter, uh, next 9, verse 4, it says, And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. That's when he's going to rain down this hail. He's going to make a true difference. And I'm reading these two words to show you that we are outsiders. He's making a difference you make a, 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 between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die that belongs to the children of Israel. And in verse 5, it says, And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow... The Lord will do this thing in the land. Now, he's going to go on. If you go on and read the scripture there, he's going to go on. He's going to, he's going to tell Egypt, protect your people, protect your livestock. Get them out. Put them in the barns. Put them in the sheds. Get them out. He's warning. He's giving them grace. If you believe, if you've watched the other plagues that God does, then remove them. Get them in safety because if they're left out, they're going to die. And so some of the Egyptians would have done that. Some of it wouldn't have done that. Nine fourteen it says, For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart. 
This is all these plagues that they've, that they've received so far. And I went to this verse because the world, oftentimes, they struggle with what's going on in their lives. Do you? And we do too. Do you or do you not? And so all of a sudden, God's going to say, I'm going to, for at this time, I will send all my, that's a plural, plagues, not one plague, but all my plagues to your very heart. In other words, he's bringing remembrance back to all of Egypt of what's taken place. He's giving them, he's offering them grace over and over and over again. He says, if you'll just remember it, if you'll just do this, if you'll just change. Now, I'm going to tell you what, the people that don't even go to church, those that have any kind of, that are not atheist or agnostic or whatever, they truly believe, I think most of them truly believe there's a God. They don't understand the God, but I think they have respect for God. Now, I've met a lot of them, and they, they really are very, uh, I don't know what the right word would it might be. They're, they're very peaceful about it when I talk to them about it, although they don't really understand the God that we know, but they're very peaceful. They really, they really want this God to exist. They just don't want to spend the time trying to figure it out or something else. What I'm getting at is when people really want God, when they really understand God, they follow God, and they have confidence in God, and they trust God. Now, the people outside of the church, I think those people, the ones I've dealt with, most of them really want to know God. And they'll take a look at the church, and they'll start judging the church, and they'll, they'll say, well, maybe I don't want to know God because of the way the church is. And some of them may say, well, you know what, I've met a lot of good preachers. But sometimes I just don't understand what's going on with all the different denominations and things. But they truly want to know God. But they have no confidence or trust. When you come to church, you should come and love each other. Amen? Amen. We should come together and love each other. Because I'm going to tell you, love is the, one the, is, the, is the number one thing that God has for us. I'm not going to have confidence in somebody that doesn't love me. Right? I'm just going to really not really care for them, don't even want to be around them. Confidence comes, it's a building block, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it, it comes through trials and situations, through plagues, through all kinds of ways in our lives. If, we have, if we're confident in God that God is doing the right things and the perfect thing for my life, even though I don't want to understand it, I can build confidence through those things. Where's Brad? Brad, you knew this was coming. He's got his head down back there. We'll just throw Brayden in with the mix of it. How's that? Now, they're basketball nuts. I don't know if Brayden's any more basketball nut than Brad was. Brad struggled with confidence. Come on, Brad. Give me something. Hey, say it again. Was that did or didn't? Okay. That's what I thought. And it, but, you know, but I could watch Brad, and I could see him how he played, and I could say, well, you know, I, I could see struggling with confidence because he wasn't trusting himself with his abilities. So if your confidence is low, it's because you're not trusting either yourself or if your confidence in God is low, you're not trusting God and his abilities to take care of your life, to grow you up, to understand who he is. You're lacking in that. Now, as Brad grew in confidence, in some games he would have absolute confidence. If he, if he come out and shooting his three-pointers, he played uh, shooting guard, and he'd come out, he'd play, and he'd miss those couple three-pointers, you can just say, forget it, I might as well go home, he's done. And other shooters would come out, and they miss them, and they just keep on shooting. But Brad would kind of freeze up and say, okay, I'm passing this ball, the other guy can't shoot no better than me, but I'm going to pass anyway, because I, I got no confidence in I can't trust myself with the ball anymore. 
Now, Braden so far, he's another big basketball player back there. He's got a little more confidence in his dad. We'll see where that goes. He'll be a freshman this year. <laughs> For at this time, I will send my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Why was he sending these plagues? Why was he sending all this to them at one time? So they may know. He was giving them the opportunity to know. Sometimes things happen to people all over the world. God gives them an opportunity to know, to come in, to learn about God. Not just to come in and, 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 and listen to music and fellowship, but to really dig deep into God's Word, to learn who He is, to learn the attributes of God. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord, and the thunder will cease, and there will be no more hell that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. Okay, now, we're talking about the hellfire and all that. All that that's coming down, the wrath of God is coming down, and the animals are being killed, and all, like I say, include all the other plagues with it. All this is taking place, and the main thing is that you may know, everybody read this, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. Okay, now, if you can get that deep in your heart, you'll build confidence in God. Because if the earth belongs to the Lord, then doesn't everything on it belong to God? then why aren't we confident in what God is doing in our lives? If he's got a plan for my life, why can't I be confident in that and trust him through it? We should be, shouldn't we? We should be completely confident. And what the situation is, is that we're not in a lot of issues in our life because we spend too much time looking at the issues and not the God of all. Now, Egypt's eyes were dead on what was taking place, and so was the Hebrews, Israel. They were right set. They were going on. We don't know what, how much time accumulated through each, through each plague, but everybody was paying attention to what, what's God going to do next. And the Hebrews, you could just imagine them sitting at their tables at night. Well, did you see that Egyptian and that friend? And I'll tell you what, they probably had some friends of the Egyptians. I don't imagine all the Egyptians were mean slave owners. They probably had good friends that were suffering. Like you do. Good friends, maybe family members that were suffering and, 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 and that you just know if they would come to God that that suffering may not end. But your mind and your heart can deal with it. Some of the most people that suffer on the most on the planet on the earth, on this earth is Christians. We can suffer more than anybody else. More things are being thrown at us than anything. I oftentimes want to put a warning sign out there on the door when people come in the church. Warning, you're entering, entering the crossing. Expect suffering. This church deals with a lot of, a lot of issues with health and, and all kinds of things. But God gives us the way. You know why? Because I have confidence, and you have confidence in God, that through the sufferings, I can trust God even more with my life and my family's life. Who in this church hasn't suffered? You all have. And, and I'll tell you what, if you look at God in the correct way during those sufferings, you'll build confidence and trust in God. Go and be the building blocks. If you find yourself in doubt of God, now I, I, if I ask everybody to raise your hand if you found yourself in doubt of God, would everybody raise their hand? At some time in your life, if you found yourself in doubt of God, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, even a Christian, even, even a preacher, a pastor, even a, a, a Billy Graham, anybody, you can find yourself in doubt of God. I mean, when the world just pours down upon you, you can find yourself in doubt. And that, that's Satan trying to erode the confidence that God is building up in you, that you won't trust him through that. But we can because God owns everything. And that's what we always have to go back to. So if you find yourself in doubt of God, maybe you're not confident that you can trust God. Maybe you haven't allowed God to build the trust in your life that you can trust him. Confidence is one thing and trust is another. If, if, I can't really have trust until I have confidence. Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, I've got to be confident in what I'm trusting. Does that make sense? So if, if, if I don't have confidence in God, if I'm not willing to learn the attributes of God, learn who he really is in my life, then when things come out, it just starts to fall apart. I haven't, I, you know, I'm trying to build something with this and then put this on top of it and then put this over here and try to make it. It won't work. It won't work. And that's why so many, I believe so many Christians fail in their walk with God, and in trying to figure out their plan. They want their plan to line up with whatever they want God to do for them. And when it doesn't line up, it just falls apart because that's not really the plan God had for you. If you do it God's way, if you'll stop and you'll just be patient and wait on God, whether it's for a, 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 a husband or a wife or, or for friends or whatever it is, just be patient. Always know that God is working. Amen? And he, if God truly loves you, which we all claim we know he loves us, isn't he always working on your behalf? Even when you can't see it or even, even think it exists, he is working. He's working everything out in your life for this perfect plan, the process, and his purpose. To show his glory through your life. So if you find yourself in doubt of God, maybe you're not confident that you can trust God. And that's, that right there, that's an important principle. You can trust God. Everybody say, I can trust God. All right, next question is, why can you trust God? Has he built the confidence in your life to trust him? Are you allowing that to take place? The Egyptians weren't. And the Hebrews, they watched but later on, they would just mess up. But I'm going to tell you something. God knew that the Passover's coming, the death angel's coming. God knew that the 10th plague, they were going to have to trust him. Because if they didn't, they would die along with Egypt. No matter if they didn't understand putting blood over the, over the doors or whatever, they had to trust God. And so God was allowing these things, saying, see, you are separate, you're the outsider, but you've got to trust me. I've showed you that you can build confidence I can build confidence in you, but you've got to trust me. Well, I'm telling you, you don't know it yet, but the Red Sea's coming. And you're going to be right there at the edge. And Pharaoh's going to be coming right up after you. And you're going to have to trust me with that. Now, a lot of them would scream out and not trust God. That's, what, that's kind of the first thing we do when things go haywire is where is God? Well, he's right there. He's right there. He's right there. See, God knew, God knew that the Passover was coming, the dark angel. And he also knew 
the Red Sea was coming, and they had to have confidence and trust. Now, do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? No. You do not. You don't, know, you, you don't even know if you'll be here tomorrow. You don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. We don't know. We don't have control over any of that. But I know the God who does. Amen? I know the maker of the world. I know the maker of earth. I know him. I've learned about him. I'm growing to, to know him and love him more as I look into the word of God, as I build confidence and trust through what he tells me. People find confidence and trust in all situations of their life. They dig it out of a bottle. They dig it out of whatever they want. But the true confidence that will take you through this life and the true trust comes from our Lord and Savior. Amen? That's where it comes from. That's the only place it comes from. I've got one way, Jesus Christ. That, that's my confidence. That's my trust. I've got no other way. My work, my business, it can fold. It can fall apart tomorrow. But I can trust God with my life. Amen? Amen. I can trust him. I can work hard. I can do everything correctly. And as soon as somebody sues me, I'm done. And you never know what's going to take place. You never know. I've been through the weirdest things in life. But I can trust God. I can trust the maker of my life. Confidence is built through opportunities. And this time, plagues were taking place to see God's attributes. It's to see God's attributes. Do you think they were learning who God was in every one of these plagues? Sure they were. They knew the gods of Egypt. They knew that God could destroy any god they put up. So they were learning the attributes of God, his power, his power over nature, his power over everything. They were learning all that. They were learning also his love. Every time he said, I will do this tomorrow. On each one of these plagues, he would always say, I'll do it tomorrow. They were learning that his love has a lot of grace, that he doesn't want to do this, but he will do it because he said he's going to do it. So they were learning about his grace and his love right there. And they were learning the character of God because he always followed through with what he said he was going to do. Amen? I serve a God that's always the same. He never changes. He doesn't waver. He's not going to fit into your compromise. It's not going to happen. He's going to stay focused on exactly who he is and what he is. And you've got to come to him. Every time... Every time Pharaoh would try to get Moses to compromise. Well, if, if you'll quit the plagues here, if you'll quit the frogs, you'll quit this and quit that, I will let you go. And as soon as it happened, he said, well, well, never mind. Or he'd say, well, you can go, but not the kids. Or you can go, but not the, not the family or the cattle or whatever. He repeat over and over and over again. And God's people watched it. And God kept doing it. And he kept doing it. Confidence is built through opportunities. God stories. I talk about God stories all the time. Confidence is built through your God stories. They're built every time through those things. I can trust God with them. And you can see the, 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 how God works through those God stories. And his attributes. And if, uh, we've not talked much about attributes, but I'd love to probably maybe hopefully start talking more about attributes, the attributes of God, to pull them out. 
to pull out the character, the, the, what you see about God out of every verse that you see that he's trying to help you with. And that's something you can grab a hold of. You can, you can sink your teeth into it and say, God's love is all over this. His grace is all over this. In Proverbs 14, 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. So in the fear, that's, a, that's not a fear, that's not a scared fear, that's an awe, a, a, an awe of who God is in your life. So the awe of God, of the Lord, there is a strong confidence. See, as I grow in Christ, as I grow and understand the Word of God, I become strong with confidence, not weak. So I'm asking you, are you strong and confident in God? Amen. And if, if you're not, if you're, if you're telling me things about God, then I'm going to ask you to get deep into your Word, to get deep into your prayer life. Because that's the way it's done. It's not done any other way. There is no shortcut. There is no leapfrogging. It is that way. It is that way. The world doesn't want to spend time in the Word of God. But the church should spend time in the Word of God. A private time. A time alone with God. And then times together. To fellowship together. To learn together. I learn a lot of things from different people, but what they say, how that scripture talked to them, how it became applicable to their life. And then I can apply it to my life. So the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. I grow strong. The more I understand who God is, the more I understand the attributes of God. And his children will have a place of, everybody give me that last word. Refuge. A place of peace. A place that we know that we're safe. No matter what's taking place, because I'm growing strong in confidence, a child of God can have peace. I can have peace. In Jeremiah 9, 23, 24, it reads, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, or man of great knowledge. Let not the glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might. A strong man, a man of a, of, of a soldier or something like that. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches, a man with, with plenty of money. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Amen? And, and that is confidence in God. No matter who you are in this world. And it seems like we know the Bible says that it's going to be easier for a, 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 a gnat to go through the eye of the, uh, or a camel to go through the eye of the, uh, of the uh, somebody give me that real quick. Or the needle. Well, I can't remember. I couldn't remember that. I think I... that a rich man goes to heaven. The rich man is not just money, but it's, it's being rich in this knowledge and rich in these things that you think you, you have control over. So let, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. If my wisdom, if my wisdom does not line up with God, then what good does it do me? I mean, if it's not lining up with the Word of God, what good does it do me? What kind of wisdom is that? And let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness. What's he doing? Everybody tell me what he's doing here. Exercise. exercise. What is exercising? Something most of us don't like to do. I did it for many, many years and I hadn't been doing it lately, but I need to get back at it. Exercising. Exercising 
loving kindness. In other words, it's not just something we, we spew out in order to receive something back from somebody else that we're trying to use somebody. It's who we are. It's the tenderness of our heart. So we exercise that judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Building block number two, trust. Confidence is built through opportunities, plagues to see God's attributes. Power, love, character. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart. That's something I think many people struggle with. So I trust the Lord. How much do you trust him? What, what What part are you trusting him with? Just the parts you want to trust him with? Just the parts that you know are going to work out for you? I mean, what parts? And that's something I got. I, I just want to look at this and then pass it up. I mean, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. So I want to know, I want to know, what do you mean by trust the Lord with all your heart? What, how is that applicable to me? Now, if I want it to, to apply to me, to speak to me, then I've got to be truthful with God right here. Amen? I mean, I've got to be truthful with God. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Well, what don't I trust God with? Well, I just trust him with everything. No, I don't. Do I want to? Sure, but not everything. We're working on it. Amen? We're working on it. But we should be working on it. We should be exercising towards that. It says in the second one, and lean not on your own understanding. I'll kind of put that together again. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How is that applicable to my life? How do I apply that to my life? You ever, you ever think that everything's got to be your way? Yeah, we all do that, don't we? But what if God has got a different way for you? I mean, what if you had a plan all put together? I mean, you had it all drawn up. You had it detailed out. It was a wonderful plan. And then God comes along and says, "Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Will you trust him with that? Will you trust with God's plan and not your plan? And it may be something you've been working on for years. And then God just shuts that door and he says, hold up. I got something so much better for you. It's so so much better. I know you want to do it this way, but if you'll just wait on me, hold up. I'm going to shut this door, and you're going to have to trust me. And you have built confidence. You have seen the confidence I've been giving you. Trust me with this plan I've got for you. Will you do that? Some of you may be dealing with it right now. When, I, when God asked me to open up this church, let me tell you, I had to trust him. Amen? Amen. I had to trust him. He had been building confidence through me, through great men, through great women, at Bible study fellowship, through great, great teaching, great preaching, through other people in other ways. For years, he had been building confidence in me. And I think I was just, I, I had complete confidence. I, I believe God, not complete, but I was trying to do the best I could. And then he says, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And a lot of you know, I didn't ever want to be a pastor. But I had to trust God with that. 
I had other plans. Man, I was going to Florida for three or four months out of the year. I'm going to be a snowbird. Other plans, other things, other opportunities I wanted to do. And God just shut those doors. He shut them one right after another. He said, will you trust me? He said, well, that was just you. I'm no different than anybody out there, than any other preacher. We're all the same. Amen? He's got plans for us. But if he's building the confidence in you today, I can guarantee you he's going to test the trust in you tomorrow. Because what good is confidence if you can't be trusted? I have never, never been sorry that we opened up this church. Never been sorry. Never. Not for a second, not for nothing, no matter the situations, the, the issues that have come through this church over the years. I've never been sorry. I've never been sorry. I've, I've thought maybe I was crazy a few times. And I figured, yeah, I was crazy in love with God. But I've never been sorry. And I learned that I trusted God. It took a lot of things to get me there. Amen? Trust the Lord with all your heart. And that's what that means. Trust Him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because I truly didn't understand how to even do anything in this church. I didn't know anything how to do anything. But I had confidence in God and I trusted God that He'd bring good people to me. Amen? And, and a lot of you, Bill Willis and John and Don, a lot of you came here before we ever opened the doors. Sandy Willis, you were here before we opened the doors. Because God brought them here because he had a plan. Where's Nancy Boer? Is she out here? She's another one. Jessica and Sean. And if I'm leaving out anybody, I'm sorry. But there was a lot of you. It's all one plan. Amen? And then God takes all these people he brings and he, he puts them on their, on their own plan, even though we're one plan together. And we come together as the toes and the fingers and the hearts and the lungs and all that. And we make a family. A body of Christ. But when someone doesn't trust or have confidence in God and trust in God, it starts to ravel and fall apart. So it's good that all of us come together and learn these things. Amen? That's how church works. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. What does that mean? How is that applicable to my life? It means everything that takes place. I don't care what it is. I think people thought I was weird when the first few weeks I was here, I was telling you, God, God wants to know what color the walls are. And people thought, ah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, isn't he, isn't he your friend? Isn't he your God? Isn't he your, aren't you having a relationship with him? I asked Vicky what color the walls are. You think if I went in my house and started painting all the walls bright silver or orange, you, what do you think Vicky would say? Well, I know what she'd say. She'd take a broom to me. So I, I would ask my wife, but I wouldn't ask God. He said, well, God's not going to answer something like that. Sure he will. I trust him. He wants to be every part of your life because we are the outsiders, amen? We belong to him. We're the children of God. He doesn't want you to leave out one detail. He wants you to know all about him because he knows all about you. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall what? Say it again. 
One more time. Well, that's just simple, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. You can act like it is. But if you allow God to build the confidence that he's asking for you to see and to grab a hold of through the plagues, through the God stories, through all these things in your life, when the time comes and he says, trust me, you'll do it. Amen? You will do it. I'm, I'm done here. Somebody, it's gone off. This is a beautiful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust the Lord, because we trust the living Lord, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. We're about to close up here. Let me take this verse apart a little bit, these two verses apart a little bit. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. In other words, Accept this in your life. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach. We're going to labor for God. Amen? We're going, God, I'm telling you, that's why we have so many teams in this church, is God wants us to serve him. We're going to labor in God, and, it's, and we're going to suffer and have reproach. These things are, are, are here. It's not all touchy-feely stuff. Things are going to take place it's, it, this church is more. Mm, lots of things happen. But we do it together. Jacqueline's grandfather died last night. You should be praying for Jacqueline and her family throughout the week as they go through the process of that. Now, he knew God, he knew the Lord. He's up in heaven. He's, in a, he's not in just a better place. He's with the creator of all things. Amen? You can't get any better than that. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. Everybody say, we trust in the living God. Yeah, so expect the suffering and expect other things because we trust in the living God. And these things will take place. Go ahead, please. Here's your challenge for the week. Spend little time. Spend little time. Dwelling on your circumstances. You know, I, I see people, they want to they dwell in their lives, and their circumstances in their lives. I mean, the, 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 the Israels, the Hebrews, they could, they could spend all this time dealing with the circumstances, and maybe the people are starting to really, really hate them. Maybe the Egyptians are really causing more work and more trouble in their lives. Maybe your, your workplace, maybe you've got some people in your workplace that's really just causing you trouble. And see, the more Satan can pull you out of the confidence and trust in God and put you into your circumstance, the less you see of God working. And all you see is your circumstances. They, they, just, they just like put you in an envelope and licked it shut. And there you are just wallowing around there trying to wrestle to get out. Spend little time dwelling on your circumstances. That's not what God wants us. 
When things happen, I know we have a shock thing we go through at first or whatever's taking place. But some of the worst days in my life is when I dwell on the circumstances. And I even know better, and yet I still do it. It drives me insane. It's like, Paul, how ah, get it together. I become like a, a quacking duck. I look like a... Please help me. My circumstances have overwhelmed me. I told you the chicken had come in handy somewhere. We become like little chickens running around, crying, whining to whoever will listen. Make myself sick of myself. Whew. Yet have confidence that the Lord is building trust through them. Amen? If I don't dwell on them and I realize the confidence that God is building because God is the God of all creation and he loves me. And he's doing everything on my behalf. Can everybody say God's doing everything on my behalf? God is doing everything on my behalf. Do you believe it? Do you trust it? Then live it. Spend little time dwelling on your, on, your on your circumstances, yet have confidence that the Lord is building trust through them. If you love Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if you're an outsider, and I tell you the church is becoming more of an outsider <laughs> all the time. If you've accepted him in your life, I mean, you, there was a time in your life that you, that you understood what grace meant, that you understood what the cross is, that you believe Jesus Christ lived on this word, that he is God, not just a man, but God. And he took the, 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 the flesh of man and put it on, that he could live amongst us, that we could see his character, his nature, his love, his grace, that it was written down, that we have, can see it from eyewitnesses that lived at the time. That we can see what they said about him and what they're still saying to our hearts. If you believe in Jesus Christ, died for you, rose from the grave, and is alive today, and one day you're going to see him for eternity. You're welcome at these tables. Amen? If you've got a problem doubting God and your confidence has been shattered, I'm asking you to get right with God. I can't control the rest of this day. I can't control the next five minutes. Get right with God. For He is the maker of your soul. Let's stand. Come and enjoy the Lord today.